0: From the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast, this is Ag Day.
1: A day at the auction bar. We have had a overwhelming turnout. What Oklahoma producers are doing, that's netting them bigger returns. He's known for his work on the football field, while Joe Burrow could soon be known for his investments in farm fields. PLUS THE FUTURE OF AG POLICY IN THE NEW CONGRESS.
2: THERE'S A FEW WHO THINK WE HAVE A SIX-MONTH WINDOW IN EARLY 2023.
1: WHAT'S ON THE AGENDA WHEN IT COMES TO AG? RIGHT NOW ON AG DAY. GOOD MORNING, I'M CLINTON Griffiths. HAPPENING RIGHT NOW, THE FEDERAL GOVERNMENT COULD MAX OUT ITS 31.4 TRILLION DOLLARS IN BORROWING AUTHORITY. AND THAT COULD HAPPEN AS SOON AS THIS MONTH. ONCE THAT CAP IS HIT the Treasury Department will be unable to issue new debt without congressional action. So, the government could be at risk of defaulting unless lawmakers and the president agree to lift the limit on the government's ability to borrow. And while that's a priority right now, agriculture is still an important topic for the new Congress. Farm Journal's Tyne Morgan looks into the likelihood we could see a new farm bill yet this year.
3: The new year brought chaos on Capitol Hill as efforts to elect a new Speaker of the House proved to be a battle. A speaker has not been elected. Farm Journal Washington correspondent Jim Wiesmeyer says the initial chaos doesn't seem to bode well for what some hoped could be a year of compromise. But there's one issue where Wiesmeyer has hope. The few who think we have a six month window in early 2023 with the new Congress to get a mini immigration reform through uh, from uh, both houses of Congress, the House and the Senate. From border security to more flexibility with DACA. Both sides of the aisle have a list of wants and demands when it comes to immigration reform. So it could play out, but I think if we don't see it the first six months, it'll be politics as usual. The desire to see a new farm bill in 2023 is something groups like the National Corn Growers Association are also watching closely and watching for signals from the new House Ag Committee Chairman G.T. Thompson from Pennsylvania.
4: He's made comments that I want to get this farm bill done in 23. Well first of all we've got a lot of new people coming into the, the politicians in uh, DC so we have got to educate them we got to be bipartisan because that's the way this bill is going to work we uh, have to have both sides working together and there's going to be education there so it's uh, it's going to be a challenge.
3: A challenge that NCGA is accepting saying the biggest priority piece of the farm bill for corn growers is to leave the crop insurance portion alone.
4: It works farmers are using it it's a good public private entity. The farmer can use what percentage of he wants to insure his crop. So, you know, it's not that the old days they say, well, we're getting disaster payments from the government. We don't have to worry about that. We're taking our own measures in our hand with crop insurance, and that's the way we like it.
3: The American Soybean Association agrees, also saying that crop insurance is the top priority in the Farm Bill for 2023.
1: Uh, with our focus groups that we've had with farmers is definitely keeping the uh, crop insurance in place as was one of the priorities that they felt was very necessary we need that safety net want to keep that in place.
3: But as the Midwest saw good yields in 2022, farmers in the Plains and West struggled with moisture. That's why the National Sorghum Producers is pushing
5: for relief. Our priority uh, from a farm bill standpoint or from a, a, a standpoint in government is we would love to see 2022 disaster assistance for our for our growers and our producers. Uh, they, they faced incredibly challenging and tough conditions from, from the Gulf Coast to, to South Dakota. It's just a tough year and uh, we would love to see an opportunity to have uh, disaster assistance for 2022.
3: Craig Meeker, who also farms in Kansas, says those payments are vital for many sorghum producers.
5: Some producers really need that, that, that influx of cash to, to, to be viable going forward and not only is it an incredibly important Thing for producers. It's an incredibly per- important thing to rule Main Street and how we keep the mom and pop grocery stores, how we keep the mom and pop uh, cafes open as well. It's just a thriving economy that depends upon producers having cash in their pockets.
1: California spent another day yesterday getting hit by snow and rain, the state seeing some of the heaviest rain in 80 years. Five atmospheric rivers slamming into the state over the past two weeks, dumping too much rain too fast, creating deadly conditions. Now, crews across the state have made several water rescues of people from cars swept away by floodwaters in Southern California. Busy streets turned into rivers, and a large sinkhole in Los Angeles County swallowed at least two cars.
0: Something that we have not talked about in California for several years, as the soils become saturated and the ground can't hold all of this fast-falling rainfall in the valley locations. We are seeing increasing concerns for river flooding. Now, at
1: higher elevations, the storms are creating a lot of snow, with some places seeing over six feet in the last week alone. The Sierra snowpack now sitting at 102 percent of the snow water equivalent needed by April 1st. So is California finally in for a break from all the moisture today? We get the latest from meteorologist Chuck Heaver.
2: Well, we're seeing and continuing to see a lot of rain on the west coast, take a look at this. This is literally like a fire hose out of control, literally spraying a lot of moisture all the way up the West Coast, now targeting Seattle, Portland, and slowly working its way down back again into the San Francisco Bay Area. And it is not letting up rain in inches and feet and snow in definite feet. The other story is the warm air. Look at this Chicago for the high 38. The average is 31 all the way down to Miami, 81 degrees. Now what about Santa Fe, Argentina? Well there's a lot of rain up here but not down there. Darren Fessler sharing this picture taken in Santa Fe and you can see how dry it is. There is the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange recently reported 38 percent of the soybean crop and 32 percent of the corn crop were in poor to very poor conditions. I'll be back with your full forecast.
6: Win the Furrow programming on Ag Day is sponsored by Zyway brand fungicides from FMC. Get season long systemic disease protection from the inside out, from root to tassel and stalk to leaf. Go long with Zyway brand fungicides.
1: Emergence is key to winning the furrow each spring and sometimes the best time to evaluate how you did at the start of the year is right before harvest. Missy Bauer explains.
7: So some of the things that we're looking for with this are whether or not there is a connection to delayed emergence and ear size so if you take a look here I have a orange flag Uh, so this is my 48 hour delay in emergence you can see that it does have a really skinny stalk you can also see that the ear size has been affected dramatically so next to it I have uh, ones that were on hour zero you can see this was an hour zero one but obviously it still had some uh, trouble kind of late season here where we lost a bunch of the tip of this Um, but this was not an early season issue. So ear size isn't 100% always correlated to just emergence. There can be things that happen later on. And what we're seeing on this ear would be a later seasonal effect there. Um, As we come down here, this was my 24 hour delay. You can definitely see a little smaller ear size compared to our hour zero here. Now this particular hybrid has a fair amount of flex in it too, so we're making up for some of these smaller ears. As I come down here, I've got uh, four right in a row, all at our zero, and you can see we've got pretty, pretty uniform ear size here, very good uniform spacing, good uniform stalk diameter, so that's a spot that they all came up very good and very uniform together. we got one more spot back here we'll take a look at. This is where we had some issues with spacing. Um, so, as you can see here, we have uh, what looks to be a double, it's actually a misplaced seed here where the planter would have been bouncing. All of this is to try try to drive home the importance of your planner and proper planner setup, not only in the shop, but then also out in the field. Some names
1: you may recognize from the sports world are now trying a new arena, farming. Sports Business Journal reporting 20 athletes are investing in farmland. They include Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, Milwaukee Bucks guard, Chris Middleton and Boston Celtics forward Blake Griffin. As a group, They're buying a 104 acre corn and soybean farm in Northern Iowa through investment platform Patrickoff. Jim Rothermich of Iowa Appraisal says they bought this land and he says they paid just over a million dollars for it or $10,000 an acre. The land was bought through a fund of roughly $5 million for ag investments that each athlete contributed to. Now it's reported they will buy an additional four farms over the next few years. In speaking about the investment, cost founder and CEO says he thinks it is a really smart recession hedge for people who are learning to invest in the long term. Markets, they ebb and flow. So what strategies should you be employing in 2023? Michelle Rook joins us next to discuss. And later, an Oklahoma quality beef program is helping return more money to producers' pockets. We'll tell you why in the country. It's a new year and time to look at new crop corn marketing strategies and locking in bases. I'm Michelle Rook has more in this morning's Markets Now.
8: Joining us this morning with Markets is Campita with Paradigm Futures. And Kent, let's talk about some 23 pricing strategies here for corn right now. How much should producers be selling at this point, do you think?
0: Well, we're uh, recommending that producers be at about a third sold at this moment in time. And we're looking for opportunities to extend that um, a little bit more aggressively this year. Uh, I've been telling my clients that we're gonna want to get into the field with approximately 50% of our corn crop hedged, which is typically uh, about 20% more than I usually would have at this time of the year. Uh, The reasons that we're heavily uh more heavily sold is because of the uh the price levels that we have and the profitability that these price levels um you know provide for growers even with a uh, fairly high input costs
8: yeah so do you lock in inputs at the same time
0: um we've been uh we've been aggressively trying to lock in fertilizer prices and we've been making sure that growers understand that fertilizer prices have in fact down. They came down into the fall, and they've come down more here this winter. So if, uh, if those input costs haven't been locked in, they should be shopping right now.
8: And what about cash basis levels? Because cash basis has been historically so strong. So when do you lock that in, or do you?
0: Yeah, well, when we're thinking about the 2023 crop for corn, uh, the basis levels are not nearly as strong as what you see here on the front end right now. And the reason for that is, is that the size of a new crop sales book that the commercials have on right now is relatively small. When those new crop sales start to kick in, uh, then they're able to determine what kind of basis they're willing to pay or need to pay to cover those sales. And so what I tell clients is, is that you need to be paying attention to new crop basis and when those opportunities present themselves, you lock that in at that time.
8: Okay, some great advice. Thanks so much for joining us, either with Paradigm Futures. or Ag Day coming up.
6: Ag Day is brought to you by Germinator Closing Wheels. Germinator Closing Wheels provide quicker emergence and are more consistent in dry conditions than any other closing wheels. Order 12 to 16 rows today and qualify for free shipping or 20% off an end zone moisture management package.
1: Meteorologist Chuck Heaver joining us here taking a look at our national forecast. And Chuck, I feel like we're kind of a broken record here. We've been talking
2: about the West Coast in California so much, but the situation is getting serious there. It really is serious and the thing about this is this Pineapple Express it is literally like a hose spraying all the way up and down the coast from Los Angeles all the way to the Canadian border. Take a look at this. Yeah, all that precipitation out to the west is certainly put a dent into the drought monitor. But let's take a look. We still have uh, conditions out to the west that are dry. But with this rain and with all the snowpack, hopefully we'll dent into that. But the center part of the country still remains exceptionally dry. For the root zone, well, of course we're wet out to the west, no question. Center part of the country dry and normal off to the east. But we will get some more showers and storms pushing through the east with this trough right here, and then you can see the trough off the coast out to. To the West That's bringing in that Pineapple Express and it is literally, as I had mentioned, like a fire hose just working its way all the way up and down the west coast. Los Angeles all the way up into Canada. It's been an incredible experience for a lot of people out there, and that'll continue. There'll be several storms that continue to push through. This storm will push through later on Thursday. But here's future radar. It shows these active storms pushing along the East Coast on Thursday, and the rain still continues out on the West Coast and slowly works its way down into and back into Northern California, down into San Francisco over the next couple days but wow what a story that has been the precipitation forecast this is an association with that storm in the east and look at when you see those heavy red numbers that's three plus inches of rain that is impressive on already moist soil How about this afternoon Well, we're going to 38 in chicago as i had mentioned that's mild that's about eight degrees above where it would normally be and then much milder down to the south and then temperatures dipping down into the thirties in the middle part of the country but Overall, the country is still very mild. Here's our temperatures tomorrow afternoon. A little bit cooler than we've seen. We'll have some cooler air pulling in. Here's a look closer to home. Birmingham, Alabama, breezy with showers, 68 for the high. Paris, New York, a high 40, a wintry mix. And over in Portland, Oregon, there's the rain. It's breezy, a high of 50 degrees.
6: Your next piece of equipment is on MachineryPete.com. Search equipment from dealerships across the country to find what you're looking for. Only on MachineryPete.com.
1: Drovers reports cattle feeders are finding profits in the new year, but production costs are also continuing to rise. The report's cattle placed on feed last week were projected to have the highest break-even price since July of 2015, coming in at $154.72 per hundredweight. The latest sterling beef profit tracker showing market-ready steers sold last week produced an average profit of $138 per head, while beef packers saw profits of more than $167 per head. Now, last year at the same time, they were seeing profits of $316 per head. We've been talking about litigation in the pork industry for several years. Now several lawsuits are getting consolidated into one. A Minnesota District Court judge wrote an order and opinion to merge 27 cases involving 146 parties into one suit. The cases all involve allegations of price fixing. The judge concluding it was the best way to promote efficiency, prevent confusion, and unnecessary complication. The companies involved include Hormel, JBS USA, Smithfield, Seaboard Foods, Triumph and Tyson among others. The litigation has been going on since 2018. Cattle buyers want livestock that are healthy and One Oklahoma program is helping ensure that while providing good returns to ranchers. Details in the country.
6: in the country on ag day is brought to you by pivot bio what if you had the nitrogen you need already on seed pivot bio is the first company to apply nitrogen on seed the nitrogen you need now on seed from pivot bio learn more at pivotbio.com
1: maximizing returns at auction is vital to cattle producers hoping to make a profit well in oklahoma ranchers are seeing success thanks to a program helping ensure quality care for calves for buyers Oklahoma State's Lyndall Stout of SUNUP TV has more on why those buyers are willing to pay more.
9: If the parking lot crammed with trucks and trailers is any indication, then this is going to be one heck of a livestock auction. In the small town of Worcester, Lafleur County.
3: Brought 115, I think it was 56 steers and 59 heifers, calves I'd raised there on the farm.
9: Mike Andrews has raised cattle his entire life. Mike's new to the OQBN program, and his calves just
3: went to the highest bidders. There was probably four or five different buyers today than there were two weeks ago here. That was the type of cattle they came to buy. He learned
9: the ins and outs of OQBN from OSU Extension Livestock Expert, Brian Frecking.
5: OQBN is a health program, and this is what OSU's part of. And so we make sure that the producers have given the, the vaccines when they should and that kind of thing. Um, they 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 need to be weaned 45 days minimum and uh, had those rounds of shots and then they they come to town and they get sold at a certain time of the day and it's working we've had a great turnout today we've got somewhere around 900 head that were enrolled in oqbn and then there's somewhere around close to 4,000 total head here today so the word got out to, to bring your calves to the to the sale today.
9: Ricky Crane and his family own the Lafleur County Livestock Auction. From the sale ring to the front office, 12, 13 hours. Things are hopping today.
5: We'll work into the night tonight.
9: This is one of a half dozen OQBN sales so far this fall. The person most happy of all, Mike Andrews, cannot
5: stop smiling. I can see the difference in the price when we got to the certified cattle. You know, that's, that's the end goal is bring more value back to the home producers.
9: Veterinarians also play a role in the OQBM program,
1: and the calves are BQA certified. Our thanks to SUNUP TV and Lindell Stout for sharing that story. And that's all the time we have this morning. We're sure glad you tuned in. From all of us here at Ag Day, I'm Clinton Griffiths. Have a great day.
6: Closed captioning on Ag Day is brought to you by BASF. BASF, helping you do the biggest jobs on earth.